When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the live stream is all screwed up because I hit the wrong button. Uh, I am Steve Haller this week. As always with me, Christian de Guzman, missing in action, probably somewhere having to do with, uh, well, who the hell knows where he is this week. Andy Pregler's MIA. Um, but yeah, this is this week's edition of Troy Nunes is an Absolute Podcast. What's going on, Christian? Andy's probably trying to deal with the fact that the Phillies have made it back to the World Series once again, while the Pirates are being the Pirates. The pirates. Yeah. So he's in existential crisis mode. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, we know Andy is somewhere in Pittsburgh again. Um, we will be using all of those unused milk cartons that we had uh, from his last uh, Brooklyn escapade, and then he's sending them out to the Pittsburgh area. And once again, if you do see one Andrew Pregler, please do not hesitate to contact us. Yep. Meanwhile, we're also in our uh, nice coma from waiting on a delayed game to send us to our inevitable doom, uh, losing to the Astros. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's shout a foregone to the, conclusion. Shout so. out to the Yankee guys here who, who realized that our team forgot how to hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And even even the guy who remembered how to hit through most of the season forgot how to hit now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's 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 you it's be, it's because he felt the weight of the college football world mm, bearing down on him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, now that we've had Troy Nunes as an absolute baseball cast, uh, I think um, we're beating around a bush because well, there's bushes to be beaten around since Syracuse is no longer in the unbeaten ranks in college football. Yep, if you are living under a rock, if. Again, we say that every week. If you are listening to this podcast in any shape or form, you probably already know what happened Saturday anyway, so I don't know why we keep on saying that. Right. If yeah. this is your first chance to listen to Syracuse news based on what had happened in the previous week, I don't think we're the best news breakers to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually mildly impressed if that is the case. That so that is, is the case, like congratulations. Yeah. You are a very loyal listener slash viewer. Absolutely. So, Unfortunately, Syracuse lost to Clemson 27-21 in a game that was basically the same game as the 2018 game down in Death Valley. Yeah, pretty much. 
it and basically actually play even a, down to switching quarterbacks and somehow making it work. Well, switching quarterbacks and then proceeding to have the switched quarterback or do nothing that resembled quarterbacking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Minor details. Mm-hmm. So um, for for full disclosure on this, I have not seen any footage of this game. Uh, I was down in Legoland because we did not expect a nooner on ABC when we scheduled the trip to Legoland and also, you know, um, five-year-olds come over Syracuse football, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, so I was following uh, all Are of Are you Twitter. telling me you haven't read the book How to Grow an Orange by one Sean Keeley in order to brainwash your child into becoming a Syracuse Orange fan? Oh, I have, and it's completely working. Thanks, Sean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, um, he still enjoys roller coasters more than Syracuse football at this point. So uh, uh, Dad got to literally uh, walk around the park while they were standing in lines because um, it was, you know, six five-year-olds and a bunch of adults so i was doing laps around the park checking twitter the entire time during the whole game uh so i'm i'm going to have a different perspective on it than someone who actually has seen this so what you're saying is that sean needs to write a part two um of that book how to help your elementary school uh kid uh turn into a uh yeah yep. orange fan yep mm-hmm. that's the next i think that's the sequel he's been working on for decades at this point mm-hmm we eagerly await the release of that. <laughs> Again, everyone, at Sean Keeley is me. Go tweet him. Yeah, exactly. So, When so he's yeah. not busy writing about the random things that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman say, you know. <laughs> and there were more of them, well, every time they exist. So. Exactly. Um, we are beating around this bush because that's a game that Syracuse really should have won. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, because, like again, once again, in that like in that 2018 game, Syracuse held a double-digit lead over Clemson and failed to secure that lead throughout the rest of the game. The Orange scored zero points in the second half. All of their points were scored in the first half, and it was a game where Clemson clearly, like. Like the past couple of years, Clemson hasn't been the same Clemson that has been the at the forefront of the ACC. Now, this is the Clemson team that is still much better than some other teams in the ACC. But this was a chance for Syracuse to put its foot forward because this Clemson team still had ups and downs from the Clemson team last year that Syracuse also almost beat. Right. And so, at the same time, so well, Clemson is down – on paper, they are still head and shoulders a better team than Syracuse. Thankfully, yes. the game is not played on paper, and what we saw this weekend mm-hmm. is proof of that. Like, for a good chunk of the game, Syracuse looked the better team. And it was weird because it was like two different teams came out of the locker room. And this is something that we could talk about for hours and hours on end. That's Especially, kind of what we do every week. Um, I'm sorry? That's kind of what we do every week. That is what we do every week, except <laughs> we don't do this for hours and hours on end. We do this for an hour and then just translate our hours into words mm, on our true. wonderful website, com. What we could talk about for a while is halftime adjustments under Dino Babers. We haven't seen it a lot this year, mainly because there hasn't been a need that much this year, save right. for perhaps the Purdue and Virginia games. 
but even in, by those stretches of the imagination, not much was changed at halftime. But in previous years as well, Dino Babers' teams coming out of the halftime locker room haven't always adjusted well based on how the opponents adjust as well. Uh, based on how the opponents adjust, just period. Right. And what we saw is Syracuse seeing Clemson doing what they could to contain Sean Tucker. However, we won't even we won't even know if what Clemson did to contain Sean Tucker worked because he only touched the ball by my slight estimate headcount two times, maybe three times in the entire second half. Yeah, which it, that seems very inexcusable just from And two of those three times were on pass plays. Oh, even better. So, yeah. The... Yeah, if I recall correctly, Sean Tucker only had one rushing attempt in the second half. Yeah, and he only had five total. Exactly. So, yeah, five total for 57 yards. That's not a bad 11-yard per run average. Exactly. Um, and then receiving... And there, there's a reason why I'm bringing this point up first, because we'll get to one of the big controversies of this game later, and we could talk for hours and hours and on, and on, on end on that. However, just because a team has schemed to take away your best option doesn't mean it works until you try it. Right. And judging by the fact that he averaged 11 yards per run, and that's, you know, it, it wasn't like he broke a 70-yarder or something. That's like he broke a 23-yard run, and that was it. Um, so by you know by basic math he got stuffed once in five attempts everything else was a 10-yard run Dabo Sweeney said after the game that they believed and to some degree that's correct that Sean Tucker was the only person that could beat them that day so they schemed at halftime to prevent that from happening but once again we won't ever know if that was going to be the case because Sean Tucker never got the ball to run in the second half. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are excusable. There's a lot of things that are being unfairly blamed on, you know, the staff or places where it shouldn't be. Um, for full disclosure, we are 6-1. and one. This is a team that some people thought at this point would still be 1-6. and six. So, like, what? Like, yes, there's valid complaints. And for anyone not watching, Christian just raised his hand when I said that. Um, there are there are valid cl complaints to be levied. But, you know, there's also some wiggle room. This one is a very valid complaint of why, why didn't you have the best player on the field? And I'm not going to lie, on both sides of the ball, he may be the most talented player on the field, as dumb as that sounds, even against Clemson. But we didn't get to see, see it showcased. And that's all on scheme. There's one of the age-old arguments, one of the age-old questions that you have in sports on how would you like to lose? Would you rather lose a nail-biting game like Syracuse just did? Or would you rather lose to open up the 2019 season in a 54 nothing blowout? And in this case, 
while the the one possession loss it was close Syracuse had a chance to win even down the dying stages of the game the last drive looked really well until Schrader forced the ball to Gadsden into triple coverage with apparently but, Courtney Jackson wide open yeah Courtney Jackson wide open that's a, another problem that we can get to in a bit um, well and also a problem that we knew yes like it's not that's an it's not like that's a novel concept that yep. Schrader will lock into a receiver and lock in specifically to a Ronda Gadsden. So I guess that's another one of those where it's like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. to be expected. It's going to happen. And he's not the first quarterback to lock in on a receiver dumbly. Yeah. But again, like going back to the point of how would you like to lose? Would you have rather lost that game by in this fashion, a one-score fashion in the game that you probably should have won? Or would you have latter, rather had the hope snuffed out really quickly and knew from the get-go that Clemson was just a better team? Right. And that's, personally, a game like this I would take over a blowout any day. It seems like some of the commentary on the site does not feel that way. I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, I, I don't know either because, like, I'm, I, I see both sides to the argument, um, and I'm not sure how you would feel. Because, because it also comes bound down to the age old, another age old question of what do you want Syracuse to be? Right. Do you want Syracuse to be in Alabama and destroy the college football world at the snap of a fingertip? Or do you want, frankly, to be a, a pick or wake forest over the past couple of years? A solid team that will get a, that will get a, cool defining win every once in a while but that should regularly go to a bowl and for Syracuse fans you generally right now with the way that the program is built you want the latter just to gain momentum so that you could eventually if you want to you know get up to playing with the big boys yeah and that's I it's the again we're back to age-old questions Realistically, Syracuse can aspire to be Wake. Yes. Like, spike every couple of years, be, a be as Dino said, consistently good, not occasionally great. And because right now we had a 10-win season and then a bunch of mediocre to bad seasons. And to me, that's occasionally great. And if you yeah. can consistently be going to a bowl game, you're helping recruiting, you're helping your team, you're helping practices, you're helping everything out. And that's kind of where we, we, I, I say we should, like that's where I believe we should want the program to be. Like I don't think there's, and I don't think any rational fan would think there's a chance to be in Alabama or a Clemson for that matter. You need, you need a massive cash influx and a consistent massive cash influx mm -hmm. every year for like the next 10, 15 years in order to even have a chance to become that. Yeah, and we don't have that coming back anytime soon, to my knowledge and to your knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess we don't, get to, we don't get to be Bama. But this is, again, a Syracuse team that... So... To answer like the first question, you probably would have taken this loss instead of the blowout loss, because it still is a loss that you can still show recruits and fans saying like, "Hey, this is still a team that 
capable of taking the best opponents in the college football world to the very brink. Right. And, and at, at Syracuse, their own house. Yeah, at their own house. And Syracuse, you know, in the first half, that was a team that was a top 10 team in the first half. Yeah. And that was a team that wasn't in the top 25 in the second half. Well, the offense on the se- in the second half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which should we, we should get to that point now on what happened on the other side of the ball because if all things were – if things stayed the same, the defense was going to be the story of that game. Yeah. And it was the defense forcing the turnovers that gave Syracuse the advantage. And inclu- uh, well, it gave them a lead. Yeah. Even. <laughs> Not even just like good field position or something. They legit on that scoop and score, like that turned the, the whole momentum of the first half around. And it's impressive, especially with how banged up that defense is and continues to be, that they're still able to make those type of plays. Yeah. Now, the big thing, uh, the big thing, the big thing right now with the defense, the run defense, like that is still going to be the weakness of this team, unfortunately, in terms of the defensive side. But about all things considered, like you, you take a look at the people that they've lost and the people that have replaced them. Syracuse says being rewarded right now for all the death building that they've done over the past couple of years. Because you have Right. Because I don't think you even have Kayvon Darton come into the role that he has, especially after the first couple of seasons in Syracuse that he had, where he didn't look that great. Right. I mean, he came in uh, as a walk-on. Exactly. You, you, um, you have Isaiah Johnson, who, um, who, if he didn't transfer in, Syracuse could be looking at a much different situation at quarterback. You have Derek McDonald, who I remember when we first did our recruiting pieces, I didn't think he would actually see the field that much just based on the depth at linebacker. Yep. But now he's turned into a very, very important player. You know, you even have the secondary, second, the secondary, secondary guys. Yeah. Rob Hanna made a couple of key, crucial plays coming in to back up. So... And with the While you rather not see the death tested, this is, again, another encouraging sign that Syracuse as a program is heading in the right direction. Yeah, the fact that, I mean, Leon Lowry coming back, but the fact that guys like him and McDonald and uh, Sparrow and whoever else has been called upon have been able to step up in that linebacking core, the fact that, like you said, Hannah, uh, Isaiah Johnson, um, Kevin Jobody along the D line. Oh yeah, Kevin Jobody. Yes. Out of nowhere, uh, like the this the depth is and, much. And remember, we would we probably wouldn't be even talking about Kevin Jobody if Dennis Hawkins didn't get injured. Right. Yeah, and that was kind of his chance to get on the field, and he made it count in Death Valley. So this and like you talked about the run defense. Yes, it's our weakness, but compared to where we thought that weakness was going to be. It's nowhere near, like, yes, it's the worst part of our defense, but it's not everybody can just 
throw a running back out there and run for 600 yards on us, which is, I'm not going to lie, part of what I thought it might look like at the beginning of the season. So there, there's some, some things to be taken from this that are, are all positives because, you know, 27 points to Clemson, some of which, you know, uh, it, there's, let's see, only so many teams that have held them under 30 on the, uh, on the year. So I think, I don't uh, think there's, I don't think there's been any, I think we're the only team that's held them under 30. Yeah. Uh, 41 against Georgia tech, 35 against Furman, 48 against Louisiana tech, 51, 30, 31, 34, 27. So yeah, that is the best, uh, points against scored or, uh, recorded against Clemson. So yeah, we're doing something right on D. And I don't th- think you would have expected a Dino Babers team when we first hired when you first hired Dino Babers to be regarded as a defensive team. Of course, that goes in large part to Tony White and yeah. the job that he's done. Absolutely, and I mean he's he's changed the design of this. He's changed the personnel, and he's changed how they're utilized. And who would have thought that, you know, again, similar to, uh, well, similar to everything we've talked about, like Steve Linton. Steve yeah. Linton weighs seven pounds soaking wet with a center block tied to him. Mm-hmm. And he's holding zone against an NFL offensive line. Okay. How are we yeah. doing this? I don't know, but I'm not going to complain. Yep. Uh, so uh, for the record, I was looking at the stats, though. Brady Denneberg did record a tackle, a solo tackle. Oh God! Yes. So we have a we have a kicker tackle. No, that that's really all we need. Um, I think there there's no use beating around the bush anymore. We might as well take talk about the the big reason why Syracuse also lost this game. And no matter what you think about the referee calls, and granted, there were plenty of referee calls that were questionable at best. You still can't be that undisciplined, just in general. Because even some of the calls that didn't go Syracuse's way, there was still plenty of room for Syracuse to recover. And just plainly enough, they didn't. Well, and we said at the beginning of the game, like I think all of us in our previews said, Syracuse has to play a basically flawless game to... Mm -hmm make this a w i yeah i said that in my uh in my prediction yeah that penalties on the road and which is it could decide this game because syracuse at home still struggled with penalties right and if i remember right the late hit penalty was uh elijah fuentes Condef, who has who going into the season was what the third string d tackle and mm-hmm. uh is now forced into a multiple snaps on the road in Death Valley as a true or redshirt freshman. Um, redshirt. Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, I get why his why he was a little amped up and a little, little above and beyond. But yeah, stuff like that will cost you. Stuff like um, what was the other big one there in that drive? Bartle Wax. Mm, yep. So which that was a. I, I did not see the replay on that one. That was, it was a face mask. It, it was, was a, a soft one. It yeah. was basically him 
and like rubbing his face mask after the play. The uh, was it the equivalent of the old five yarder? Yeah. Yeah. So can we bring that back? Yeah. <laughs> uh, incidental contact to the uh, in and around the face mask. Yeah, but then again, like you, if you if you get around to an offensive line breakdown this week, Steve, it'll be fascinating to read it because second half penalties killed a lot of Syracuse drives, especially offensive line penalties. Really? Yeah. See, that's that's one thing you don't get from the Twitter the Twitterverse, yeah. stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, like very... offensive line penalties put Syracuse in a lot of uh, not great situations. Like holding stuff, uh, false starts, what are we looking at? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. And again, this is a offensive line who, by all accounts, should have been completely outmatched yeah. by uh, the Clemson yeah, defense. That, because that, that's, why this, that's why if you do get to a breakdown this week, it'll be fascinating to read. Because in the first half, this offensive, the offensive line dominated right. the def, the Clemson defensive line. Yeah, it was not not even good close. That's so weird. But <laughs> but what probably happened is because of all the penalties that happened in the second half, and and ESP and Top Blackwood uh, pointed it out a lot on the ESPN broadcast, or in this case the ABC broadcast. Yeah. That um, because Syracuse was forced behind the sticks a lot. Because of the penalties, it created must-pass situations. Right, and when you can and allow that those four to tee off. Yeah, and I mean, as a defensive lineman, I mean, it's pretty easy to know what to do, especially more than 10 yards to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah. So the, the final line was 10 penalties for 88 yards. Um, by the sounds of it, most of those happened in the second half. Yes. So that that kind of sucks. Um, everyone and I who can, I can tell you from PFF as well. Chris Bleich had a penalty. Uh, K1 Ellis had a penalty. Uh, Carlos Valerado had one. Uh, Westho had one. I think Westho maybe had two. And Dakota Davis had two. So we're spreading it around. Everyone not yeah. named Matthew Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Recurring theme here. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I want to – unfortunately, I'm away at a conference for work on Monday and Tuesday nights, and then uh, – so I don't know if I can get to something. I'm going to try to um, some hour of some day. <laughs> if, we can, if we can get that all 22, that would be phenomenal. Like, I would, I would yeah. be all over that. Like, I would find a way – to put off like oh i gotta leave early from dinner at this conference to to go watch the all 22 in my room on my little laptop that's when you request that's how you request your vacation days (laughs) it's all it's all based on when the all 22 from syracuse versus clemson comes in (laughs) oh god yeah syracuse only allowed two sacks yeah how Well, well that was also a large that was also largely due to greater uh scrambling Oh Wait, yeah, Syracuse. No, no, you're looking oh, no. the other way. I'm, I'm backwards. Syrac- no, Syrac- yeah. Syracuse got sacked five times. Yeah, I was gonna but say. But still, five. Uh, it. I I hate to keep throwing like, what Clemson's defensive line is out there, but they're that good. Like, mm-hmm. only five sacks against those guys. I'll take that any day. <laughs> so, I don't know. 
call me crazy. But again, so, I haven't seen anything, so. Yeah. So we're about halftime right now. Let's take a quick halftime break. Sure. And say thank you to our our friends and our sponsor for the Tornions is an Absolute Podcast, Home Field Apparel. We're a one-stop shop for all your classic, vintage, collegiate apparel gear. They've got all your favorite teams, a lot of them in the ACC. Of course, Syracuse is one of them. And you can use the code NUNES, N-U-N-E-S, for 10% off your next purchase. Again, that's code N-U-N-E-S for, for NUNES, off your next purchase. Um, and, of course, neither of us are repping anything because Pregler isn't here. He's yeah, usually our not, go-to. We do not have Pregler's inside scoop that we could uh, get from uh, what new things may or may not be coming to home field way. Mm-hmm. We, we know something. We do believe something is coming soon, and that will be very, 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 very much appreciated. Uh, but if you still want a V to the Goat shirt or a vintage 90 Syracuse logo, t-shirt hit it up uh, you can still get it um, by going to homefieldapparel.com it will not make you disappointed however it will definitely not i did just pull up the pff grades and i found something that will make you disappointed oh wonderful the pass blocking grades for the right side of the syracuse offensive line oh this can only go badly uh give me an over under on what you would th- uh give me an over under on 45 Please be over. No. <laughs> Give me an over-under on 40. <laughs> Please be over. Nah. Oh. Chris Bleich, 38.8. Dakota Davis, 38.2. Good. Not great, Bob. Um, Good. So I think I now – I'm now I feel like I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to look at this yeah. film. Um. Vet had an 80.4 pass blocking, uh, Bergeron 66, Alice 65. So, blah. yeah, I don't think you can take much from the run blocking grades considering Syracuse didn't really run, run, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, run actually, run blocking was okay. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody was under the Mendoza line except for Bleich. On run blocking. Yeah. So, I don't know where this, uh, I don't know where this award nomination came from. To tell you the truth, the 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 offensive line that I've been watching all year, and th- that's the thing is this award is voted on by, like, college offensive, offensive line, line coaches. Yeah. Like it's it's the 128 or 131 or however many D1 teams there are now, uh, college offensive line coaches that get to vote on this. You know what I actually think it is? And, like, let's uh, be honest. Like, out of the teams in the ACC so far, and we're even including Clemson's, has there actually been a good offensive line that we've faced? Uh, that's kind of... Hmm. hmm. Because Kevin put out when, uh, when the offensive line uh, nomination was first put out there that I mean, maybe there was just a feel. There maybe there's just a feeling of a need to have an ACC team in there. It could have been, and and Clemson's offensive line looked overmatched at some points. Right against at, at least in pass out. protection. Right and run protection. I mean, you could argue yes and no, but a lot of that is on Shipley as well. Right. 
So I don't know. Might be a little bit of little little of column A, little of column B. Yeah. So either way, I now really want to find a way to <laughs> to look at this film. If you would like to donate time to have Steve watch some of this film so that we can figure out what the hell went wrong in this game. Yeah, yeah. Go if ahead. I, yeah, if, um, if anybody can figure actually, uh, if anyone from the Sanctum Sanctorum is watching, we can use the time stone, figure this out. Please help. Because that's a I mean, I would like that shot. as well, just for personal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, so let's, let's go on to... What's coming up next? Notre Dame has. I was going to say, what's coming next for football or what's coming next for Syracuse? Because those are two different things right now. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame has kind of snapped back just a little bit. Snapped back in which direction? Because they already snapped back once. They were shit. And then they snapped back to an okay team. And this weekend, which direction did we snap? You ask great questions. <laughs> the lack of an answer for me should tell you right. everything you need so, to know. So for anyone who didn't see, Syracuse opened this afternoon at uh, Syracuse minus one. So we're technically favored against Notre Dame, it's which basically just seems weird. But yeah. Uh, it, uh, it has now moved to minus two. Oh, okay. That's okay. That seems weird. I did not expect that line to shift that direction. <laughs> uh, but again, as we can tell from all of well, that, these... that's well, that is from our that is from our SB Nation partners at DraftKings. Yeah. Um, I'm actually gonna look and see what the what other lines have been. Uh, have been put out there by some of the other bookkeepers, if you will. Yep. Which usually they're all pretty, pretty close-ish, but okay, never mind. Yeah. Wow. This is all yeah, over so, the place. So basically, everybody is at either minus two or minus three Syracuse, and a couple of minus two point fives in there. Yep. That's just—it's crazy to see. So DraftKings is actually the most conservative at Cuse minus two. Yes. Huh. Okay. I I don't know. I don't know what. I guess is Syracuse good? At Sicko at Sicko's committee. Yeah. So we that we need to find somebody associated with Sicko's committee and get them on the pod because the question still is standing. We. We just took the number five team in the country at their house to the wire, and nobody still knows. Is Syracuse good? You know what this is? Syracuse is turning into the 2010 bas the, like the 2010s basketball program. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. Because like, no one knows if Syracuse was ever good in the 2010s. Right. They had a lot of very bad, and they had a lot of very good, but... They got and, and some of them were in the same season. Right. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. No. I I don't know. I still and I, well, maybe that's maybe I'll take the time while I'm out of town at this conference to actually rewatch the game 
and just see with my eyes what happened because maybe that'll help answer it, but I don't know. I really don't know. Because, uh, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I haven't done a lot of studying on... I, I usually do my studying on what the team that we're facing is during the week and not on Sunday. Right, same. Because on Sunday I like to rest and wonder why my fantasy team is doing so badly. I mean... Mine so. just... I, I've perpetually just given up that I have a fantasy team. Mm-hmm. I started out the season 4-0 and and haven't looked at... Like, it's just been horrible since. Yeah, I'm, I might go to 3-4 and four this week. <laughs> um, so, I, I think the best way for us to do this is just do a quick comparison in terms of some of the key stats between Notre Dame and Syracuse because uh, Notre Dame is obviously an unofficial official partner of the ACC. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So we can't really put them in the same bracketology as ACC teams when comparing just because of football weirdness. Lol. Football weirdness is the best weirdness. Mm-hmm. So rushing yardage, uh, Notre Dame has gained the same amount. Notre Dame is 4-3 on the season, so they have played the same amount of games as Syracuse. So there's not much usage of uh, trying to – well, we could do by average. By average, Syracuse is averaging about one more yard per rush. Um. Per, per game, I should have said. Uh, Passing-wise, Syracuse is averaging about 30 yards per game more. Um, Notre Dame's rushing defense is also a bit of a concern, much like Syracuse, as opponents are averaging about 140 yards per game compared to Syracuse's 123. Does that mean we're actually going to give Sean Tucker the football? One would think. Okay. One would have thought last week, too. but But, yeah, who knows? And uh, passing defense-wise, uh, opponents are averaging 200 yards per 202 yards per game, while Syracuse's the Syracuse opponents are averaging just 171 yards per game. Right now, those three wins that Notre Dame has mm-hmm. have been against Cal, who did not get back in this. Uh, four wins. Four wins. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm looking at their schedule and saying the wrong yeah. things. Uh, UNC, who was 21, and they beat them 45 to 32. Uh, well, but that, but that's the ACC Coastal. Mm, fair. They don't exist. Uh, yeah. Well, they stay. They very soon won't be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the BYU, the BYU, which is very similar to the trademarked the or Ohio State that they lost to earlier in the year. Um, but that was in Las Vegas, I mean. <laughs> well, speaking of Las Vegas, uh, they did also beat the University of Nevada Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, which I believe would be the latest snapback. Uh, so yes, their, their confusion as to losing to Ohio State and Marshall and then ripping off three wins and then losing to Stanford and then whipping... UNLV forty-four to twenty-one. I have no idea, but that's UNLV. If UNLV is Sorry. anything this year, but yeah, um, 
you know, and I, I to tell you the truth, I don't know if about, about the, enough about the Pac-12 to know if Stanford's anything this year. Yeah, exactly. For taking them out. So I, I guess I, I would almost dare I would say that Notre Dame might be more of an enigma than Syracuse this year, which is tough to do. So here's the thing with um, with Notre Dame. It's that um, they don't have a rusher this year. It's a, it, Notre Dame has an advantage in terms of the rushing game because you always look at the rushing game with the Syracuse team. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame basically rotates bet- between three running backs, Audrey Esteem, Logan Diggs, and Chris Tyree. And each of them are averaging above four yards per carry, which, again, Syracuse is basically all you really need. Hmm. The flip side is, once again, Syracuse has to deal with a good tight end. Michael Meyer is probably going to be the first tight end off the board in the draft this year because he's that good. And we're playing him on Halloween weekend, which he's had some history during. Exactly. All, all face masks and suits aside. Exactly. No, he, he, he's wearing the face mask. I mean, we know that, right? <laughs> I, if he trots out with a white mask under the helmet. Well, he's... He, he's never mind. Uh, it's, uh, oh, God. This is goofy territory now. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, guys. But, yeah. But much like... Because this game could actually, in terms of the defensive game plan, go very much like the Clemson game. Because while Meyer is by far and away the best receiver, behind him, Notre Dame doesn't have much in the receiving game. Right. So do you... I guess Notre Dame spy... doesn't have much in the receiving game, and they have death at running back. Huh. So do you just you know play your linebackers a little heavier and mark that tight end coming out and call it a day? You would think, or like throw Maybe. your, uh, isolate the rover and use him as the, you know, tight end spy for lack of a better description. Maybe, I don't know. Tony Wade will dial something up. Yeah, he's a better defensive mind than well any of us on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll have better Notre Dame analysis for you throughout the week, so don't worry about that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, this will give us a good time to eat our vegetables. Uh, because we, it's it's hard to believe we have gone seven, eight weeks now into the football season. Yeah. And haven't really touched basketball. And nobody has pandered for it either. <laughs> like, there's been no comments in the game threads of, it's a basketball season yet. And people may, may or may not realize that Syracuse's basketball season actually starts this week. Yep. I didn't an realize exhibition? until I yes, checked but the, it uh, starts this week. Right, I didn't realize until I checked the uh, Slack earlier today. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> time for time for James to get in code to get busy." We would have had James on to join us uh, this way, but he is unfortunately busy um, uh, as Syracuse takes on the Fighting Ron Pattersons. Wow! <laughs> wow! Bravo, sir! <laughs> Bravo! Indiana University of Pennsylvania. IUPUI? Mm-hmm. And that is one of their two exhibition games that they'll start off with. They'll do another one next week against everyone's favorite online school, Southern New Hampshire University. 
because how many uh, how many ads have you seen for online courses at Southern New Hampshire oh, University? <laughs> it's either them or Phoenix. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> it's the only option. Or Grand Canyon. Mm, true. Which uh, fun fact? We did have uh, Syracuse uh, attacking midfielder Alex Halas transferred to Grand Canyon um, maybe six seven years ago. We'll get to those guys in a bit as well. <laughs> but we might as well talk basketball season. Um, Syracuse is going to be interesting mainly just because on Tuesday we'll get our first what might be a starting lineup. Because usually Beheim doesn't have, hide too much in terms of who his starters are going to be right. in exhibition games. We might not know the full rotation and about guys he trusts and not in high leverage situations, but we should at, at the first onset know who he believes the starters are going to be at the beginning of the season. Right. And that will help us solve who starts at the three. Because right now it's between two guys based on all indications from previous reports. It's between Justin Taylor and Chris Bunch. Right. And Bunch seems to be the more athletic, prototypical type of forward, while Taylor seems to be the guy who is the Buddy Beheim 2.0 guy. Mm-hmm. So does James Arthur Beheim want to, you know, maintain the mold that he's had over the past couple of years of a squad, or does he want to go back to his roots and for lack of a better description, what actually worked for him uh, and bring in the, you know, that athletic swing that has a wingspan of the world. And it's not like Taylor is a short guy as well. He's got a, right. he's got a good span. It'll basically come down to that athleticism on the wing. Mm-hmm. Who does he trust more there? And, and maybe I guess who maybe, does he trust the score? Well, and I guess this season, um, as weird as it sounds, we're going to end up in Sicko's territory as well of, is Syracuse good? Because I don't think we know anything about this team or how it's going to line well, up. Basic, or, and again, oh. we're continuing from the 2010s. Right. Syracuse basketball never left Sicko's territory yeah. since 2010. Yeah. Well, no, we had some where we knew the answer was no. Yeah, <laughs> we we we've never we've never continued on the upward slide. We definitely yeah. had some where we're like, nah, no, nah, we we're not good. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so 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 that that'll be the key thing that will be that we'll be interested in, and then really the first big test comes for some reason against Richmond because Richmond is somehow a big test now. Yeah. Well, this isn't 1991. Um, exactly. But, I, I mean, hypothetically, we've seen dumber things happen, um, including losing to LeMoyne in exhibition games. So, whatever. I would just love to see LeMoyne back in Division One. I. I know that's been rumored. I, I think would love it, to see yeah, him again. I, th- I think it's a hard rumor from what I'm hearing, but we could, uh, yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see that not be an exhibition soon enough. Yeah. Because you know, you know, Beheim will schedule as many, you know, oh, yeah. uh, in uh, local. Like, if he can hit a three iron from his house to the campus, I think he's definitely scheduling a game with him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's he, he's probably 
Yeah, that's funny. That's let's ask that hypothetical question. How many how many golf shots would it take from Bayheim's house to get to Lemoyne's campus? <laughs> oh well, because Bayheim's in Fayetteville. Yeah, so. he's technically closer to Lemoyne's campus than he is the Syracuse's campus. Very true. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Maybe one of these days. Maybe that's you know, we uh, yeah. We'll find. Maybe we'll find some way to to make that happen. Film that as a web series. <laughs> Do we have any uh, avid golfers on staff? I'm a hall. I'm an awful golfer. I'm a golfer. I'm not uh, horrible, but I'm not good by any stretch. I'll rope in. I'll rope in my cousin. My cousin's a golfer on the uh, woman on the Albany women's the golf team. Yeah, that'll work. Oh, I'll get her. I'll get her in to make the two hour drive down I ninety. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so. So yeah. All right. Ten minutes left. Let's talk about what Steve and I really want to talk about. <laughs> the soccer programs. Absolutely. So, Syracuse, um, for the first time since 2014, has secured the ACC Atlantic title with a 1-1 draw to the NC State Wolfpack this past weekend. Oh, I didn't and, see Wake did lose. Uh, or did they draw? They needed, a, they needed the win or a draw from Wake, I think. I just saw the post. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll take. They are uh, division. I'll take. They it. are divi- They are ACC Atlantic Division champions, which means that Syracuse, should they make it that far, will get home field advantage for the quarters and semis mm-hmm. in the ACC tournament. Yeah, that'll be nice. Um, and also, uh, since we couldn't answer for the last two teams. The is Syracuse good question for the soccer team is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we know the answer to this. Um, currently sitting at 12-2-2 on the year. Uh, I, I watched that NC State game. That was, again, every result that hasn't been a win has been a very, um, I, I guess, extenuating circumstance type game. This one was just nothing was actually, you know, going in the net. Um except for an own goal, which was weird. Uh, they let on shots, corners, shots on target, possession, everything under the sun, but just couldn't get something to, you know, go in that square box yeah. that you need to score in. Um, their only losses were on a, what was it, a penalty and, penalty and an own goal um, against, uh, who the heck was it? Was that against that was Cornell? Cornell? And then Virginia was a red card that they were fighting through from the 20th minute. And then the Kachevsky red card in the 20th through 21st minute. And then Virginia scored a late winner in the last, like, two minutes or two minutes of the game. And then the only other draw was the freak at Vermont. Yeah. So, like, this team is good. Burlington at Stoke, I tell you. Kindred, <laughs> kindred, kindred spirits. A cold and rainy Tuesday night in Burlington. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they closed their season this Saturday, I think, or Friday. Friday. Uh, with BC, so yeah, yeah, versus BC at the soccer stadium. I have to go to a Cub Scout bonfire, otherwise I would be there. No, <laughs> life with a five-year-old. Yep. So, and then how'd the uh, the women's side do this weekend? Unfortunately, the women did lose. I believe it was two nil in their latest game. Um, 
yeah, two nil to Virginia Tech in their latest game. Yeah, that was on Sunday, and then Thursday a two nil loss also to uh, Pitt, both on the road. Gotcha. And they finish up Thursday hosting NC State. So um, yep. overall, both teams coming to the end of it. This is, I mean, the women on the year are at least five hundred, which is which is crazy uh, to think yeah. after recent history. A massive positive. Unfortunately, only one five and two in conference. The weird thing also about. I'm not sure if this has changed recently or not, but I'm pretty sure for the women, only the top four teams make it to the ECC tournament. Yeah, it's top four or top eight. I can't remember which, but yeah, it's a it's a very limited limited pool. Yeah. But so, this is, I mean, there... With results like that, you're unfortunately not going to get in there. Right, and they're at worst, I mean, they're at worst going to be a 500 team coming off a 1-7 in 2020 year. And then four twelve and one last year, and zero and ten in conference. So this is what I would like to call a dramatic shift in record and improvement. Yeah. So I mean, this is going to be their best record since twenty seventeen, and even in twenty seventeen, that team was only seven eight and three. Right. In twenty sixteen. This will be their best record since 2016. That 2016 team was 8-8-3. Eight, eight, so it's been and, a long time uh, coming for this women's program. I was going to say, still looking back, 2015, they were sub-500. Yeah. 14, sub-500. 13, sub-500. 12. This is a recurring thing. Okay, so 2012 is the last time they were over 500. So if they do win... It'll be their best record since 2012, which was 9-7-2. I love how we are both on Qs.com just scrolling through the... Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah. It's like, wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Been a long time coming for this women's soccer program, and thankfully for them, they will be most likely onto a much better thing. Um. At least on the men's side, we'll have, we'll look forward to their eventual uh, uh, run in the ACC tournament on the men's side. I just want to check the uh, the standings real quick so we see who potential opponents they may or may not play. So it, it could be it, it could be either. Uh, BC or maybe Virginia Tech on the other side. I think we'd like either of those matchups. Yeah. <laughs> Especially coming off BC, you know, this yeah. week. So, all in all, I think they're uh, they're probably hoping to make a run here. And uh, they be good should to see. be the front runners to make. They they should be the front runners in the ACC tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, because uh, I believe that uh, that weight game, they lost to Virginia. It was a one nil defeat. Oh, OK. Yeah. So wait, so Virginia has beat both us and Wake. One nil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Virginia has the same record as Syracuse in conference five one and one. But they're nine four and two overall. They are hmm. their extra losses come to Xavier and to Denver of all teams. That seems weird. Yeah. Okay. And Maryland. What? Russell Sheely, Russell Sheely's Maryland? Yeah. 
Well, I oh, guess. Oh, that's cool. They played Maryland at Audi Field. That's very Oh, cool. nice. That's a solid neutral if you're going to go for one. Might as well hit an It is solid neutral. Up. It's not solid when you lose to Maryland 6-1. That's less solid. That is less solid. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else we got? Nope, we got Syracuse um, and uh, Notre Dame for football coming up. Another nooner on ABC. Uh, no college game day going to Syracuse. They probably would have gotten game day if uh, Syracuse had won against Clemson. Unfortunately, that uh, college game day is going to Jackson State, which is probably a long time coming and much deserved. For, yeah. uh, for Especially for that Jackson State program, what they've done under Deion Sanders. I was going to say the Fighting Neons. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that is a much-deserved uh, game day location for them. Syracuse will have one more uh, chance at game day. Um, but I'm not, I, I don't know if college game day wants to go to Syracuse in November. I think it'd be mildly amazing. <laughs> like... <laughs> Screw it. Just put put everybody in giant parkas and call it a day. I think I think we go for it. I, I mean, game day have done some cold weather game days before. I've seen it. It's just not what they normally do. Like I want them fully geared up, like they were, like the announcers were for the Snowball uh, USA Costa Rica back in the oh, day. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, winter hats, whole nine yards, just roll with it. Do you think they would allow Corso to slide down the hill if it's snowing on November? Because it probably could in an auto costume. <laughs> so I slide down the Krause Hill. Yes. <laughs> yes, they should. Whether they will, I don't know. But should they? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, no game day, but another nooner on ABC. I'm not sure. Do you guys, can you guys still get ABC if you have files? I don't know. I haven't had an actual cable package in a while, so. Oh, okay. I'd assume. Well, hopefully, no matter, well, hopefully all the files customers in, uh, in uh, Central New York can actually watch the game on their televisions this week, assuming that the next, assuming that Nexstar and Verizon have agreed to a deal. Yeah. Worst case, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be up there. So, you know. If anyone's up, stop by the Harrison lot. We'll be there. Um, but and, yeah. that's, and that's Dutch Heart on Twitter for all the in-game updates. Uh, oh no, I'm not dome. working. This is my this is my one civilian game this this oh, year. Oh, he's he's civilized. I'm actually going to use my season tickets instead he's of just giving them the to people. everyone. <laughs> Which means we get to get a rating from you on a JMA dog. Oh yeah, and <laughs> as dumb as it sounds, I'll have the all twenty-two because of where my seats are. So. <laughs> If you guys need anything, actually, uh, you know, get a hold of me. What knows that Syracuse, that Steve is bringing his uh, his phone tripod to, <laughs> to sit. Yeah, there'll be a full gimbal sitting in there. Yeah. Just like, yep, mm-hmm. nothing. I'm not not recording anything. No, it's fine. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> it, it looks like the TV dish microphones that they have on the sidelines. <laughs> yep, absolutely. It's like, why are you bringing that into 308? No reason. It's fine. You bring your mixer and it's just a bunch of XLRs that are have a microphone right next to the coaching boxes. <laughs> uh, 
That'd be great. Yeah, what do you think if uh, next time I'm in the press box, if I just bring the, the mixer out and just start running wires up and around? <laughs> just <right there. laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. Just, just like steal an ESPN pib. It's like, you know, that's what I was told. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll just make sure, you know, I sit down near where the camera is in the, uh, the press box and just start running stuff. Nobody will say anything. Oh, boy. Well, Steve will be amongst the civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be one of the people. I don't, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be a sellout like the NC State game was. Um, but the challenge actually will make uh, Syracuse fans louder than the Notre Dame fans because Notre Dame always travels well. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I can say having physically been in that dome for NC State, my ears hurt. And so was, are you bringing earplugs this time? That's the yes, question. yes, I am. <laughs> I legitimately am. <laughs> it Have was you found a set of painful. headphones that can fit over Sebastian's head? Uh, thankfully, he's not going. So oh, okay. That I, 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 we had that conversation. Uh, my wife and I were like, uh, when, when forty-five, just when forty-five K was announced for NC State, I'm like, it's going to be loud in there for him. Like, we probably don't want to do that. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up my my buddies used our tickets thankfully and and you know to to neutrals credit or to non-season ticket holders credit every set of my tickets has been used this year so i'll take it even wagner oh wow wonderful so oh yeah good to go well that will be a fun game hopefully syracuse shows up again in terms of the attendance and uh yeah, that'll do it for this week's edition of Short News as an Absolute Podcast. Uh, Syracuse could be 7-0. Instead, they're 6-1. and You should still be happy that Syracuse is actually doing something that makes football season exciting at this time of year. Otherwise, this would have been 45 minutes of basketball. Yeah, I think it worked out okay. Mm-hmm. So if you, uh, if you are listening to this, feel free to continue to listen to this by subscribing to us on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, if you're watching on not YouTube because we're not on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitch, uh, feel free to follow us. Uh, get notifications when we go live. You can watch the VODs next day on our website. And uh, I guess beyond that, go Orange. Go Orange. <laughs>